This is AutoLine Daily reporting on the global automotive industry. Sales in the U.S. market in July continued to slip. Merrill Lynch reports that sales were down nearly 2% and the SAR came in at 16.8 million units. Retail sales were down about 5%. Automakers are hoping that the interest rate cut from the Federal Reserve will lead to better sales in the second half of the year. Meanwhile, companies that make luxury cars for very wealthy customers are running into serious headwinds. Maserati is in trouble. Its sales are plummeting down 46%. Aston Martin is now losing money, and so it's cutting prices. Its stock dropped 12% on that news. Ferrari managed to raise its sales 8%, but that was far lower than analysts expected, and its stock fell nearly 7%. Ferrari is running into trouble in China, where its sales fell 12%. But one bright spot is with Rolls-Royce, which sold 2,534 cars in the first six months of the year, and that was up a whopping 42%. And of course, it's all thanks to Rolls-Royce's first-ever SUV, the Cullinan. Tesla bulls say one of the reasons why Tesla doesn't make a profit is because it spends more money on research and investment than other car companies. Well, that used to be true. Last year, on a percentage basis, Tesla was spending nearly twice as much on research as traditional car companies and three times as much on capital investment. But now Tesla is under the gun to show it can make a profit. So it cut its R&D by $62 million dollars and its capital expenditures by $360 million in the second quarter of this year compared to a year earlier. These are not huge cuts, but since Tesla's revenue grew 58%, it's now devoting far less of its revenue towards research and capital investment. As a result, Tesla is spending about the same percentage on these items as General Motors or Ford. But even with these cuts, Tesla still lost money in the second quarter. But Elon Musk says the company hopes to be profitable in the fourth quarter. Speaking of that R&D, last year General Motors spent nearly $8 billion on research and development. And CEO Mary Barra says she would love to split the cost with someone else. She told analysts that GM is open to partnering with other car companies on developing electric vehicles. She pointed to its partnership with Honda and would welcome other automakers to join the party. Boy, this Brexit mess is going from bad to worse for the British motor industry. Now BMW says it might move some mini-production out of its plant in Oxford, England. If Britain does not reach a trade deal with the European Union, BMW says it can build more minis with its contract manufacturer, Nedcar, at its plant in the Netherlands. You know, we think this Brexit mess means that all major manufacturers will end up leaving Britain, while only a handful of small niche manufacturers will be the only ones to survive. Automakers are pouring billions of dollars into connected, autonomous, shared, and electric vehicles. However, Alex Partner says the industry is entering what it calls a profit desert because no one's making any money on these things. Maybe alliances, like the one with Ford and Volkswagen, can help. 
And Mark Wakefield from Alex Partners joins us on AutoLine this week. Here's what he has to say about it. Yeah, th those deals where you're, you're not trying to have everybody assume that they're going to get 300,000 vehicles out of this, this program and instead being able to shift and to have um, battery conditioning algorithms be done uh, four times by four consortiums versus 30 times by 30 different players makes a ton of sense. And it's, it's the same argument that has been happening on the powertrain side, but it's never been able to get sort of off zero because there's a big installed base and you could never deal with that. Now these are incremental investments, there's new investments to be put into the ground, and you can take a more logical approach, a more one that has better industrial logic behind um, sharing risks and being able to get flexibility out of what you're investing in and scale out of it, plus being able to have um, the, the benefit of not having to do the same thing twice in two different rooms. And of course, you can watch that entire show right now on our website, autoline.tv, or you can find it on our YouTube channel. Ford first coined the name Power Stroke for its diesels back in 1994, and now it's introducing the third generation 6.7 liter V8 for large trucks and vans. It's similar to the previous engine with a 90 degree block and inboard exhaust, but it features a number of upgrades to improve efficiency and durability. The fuel system was updated, the cylinder heads were beefed up, and now it uses a variable displacement oil pump. The connecting rods were improved and it has a one-piece forged piston where the previous ones were made of aluminum. Customers are most likely to notice improvements with the turbocharger because it's a more efficient dual-access vane turbo from Garrett and it's now electronically controlled. By being able to factor in other conditions like ambient air temperature, Ford says the engine provides much better performance, especially when it's cold outside. The 6.7 liter power stroke diesel comes standard with a very similar 10-speed transmission to the one that we mentioned yesterday, but with minor changes to handle the extra torque. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. And also by Yazaki. You know, we have a lot of test cars coming in and out of the Autoline garage every week. And this week, the staff picked the test drive of the week, and it is the Volkswagen Golf R, which I got to test drive. Here's what I had to say about it. Volkswagen really got a black eye as a corporation when it got caught cheating on diesel emissions. A lot of people hate the corporation because of it, but Volkswagen is still a company that makes really good cars, and the Golf R is a good example of it. It sits on Volkswagen's MQB architecture, which stretches everywhere from the tiny little Audi A1 all the way up to the three-row Volkswagen Atlas crossover. I don't think there's any other architecture in the business that's got that kind of bandwidth. And you get a lot with the R, too. 288 horsepower, 280 pound-feet of torque, and all that power is fed through a seven-speed DCT, and it's also got all-wheel drive. This car really gets it. Yesterday, I was racing against a guy in his Roush-tuned Ford F-150, 650 horsepower, and this thing was able to keep up with it. Only thing is, once you get all this kind of technology to make it go fast, it's expensive. 
This thing's over $42,000. Now that's about the same price as a Ford Focus RS. It's actually cheaper than a Subaru STI Type RA, but uh, that kind of price tag is enough to give you a heart attack. You actually need one of these cars because if your heart starts to slow down over the price, just get in and drive it and it will get your heart going again. Kind of weird for me throwing from the studio to the field back to the studio, but whatever. That brings us to the end of today's report. Thanks for watching and go out and have a great weekend. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.